Let's put that genie back in the bottle. Paint with the colors of the wind, bitch. It's time for two finger point. Power daddy. Our shoes are in the pond. Extra magic hours, which we in turn called extra tragic hours. People call him the naked bull rat. Did you really just two finger point? Here are your hosts, Amber and Kylie. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Two Finger Point. I'm Amber. And I'm Kylie. Um, and today we wanted to do uh, something with a continuation of the Disney conspiracies. If you listen to episode nine, we talk Disney conspiracies, urban legends. Um, and just a continuation today, we want to do some uh, creepypasta stories for you guys today. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so we're going to go back and forth. We each found a couple stories that we thought would be really cool to read on the pod. So we're going to go back and forth, kind of give our comments, and uh, hopefully you guys will comment too and give us your thoughts on these stories. Definitely. And if you have any good ones, send them our way to fingerpointpodcast.com. We would love to read them as well. Yes, I love a good urban legend, conspiracy, creepy story. I love all that good stuff. So if you've got a Disney-related one, send it our way. All right. Amber, do you want to kick it off with your creepypasta first? Okay. So my first creepypasta is called The Costume, and it was written by Alex Sorrow. Ooh. Hi, Alex, <laughs> if you're listening. Shout out to Alex. All right. On November 24th, 2005, there was a disturbing occurrence at Disneyland. It was an average day at the wonderful amusement park. Families were scattered throughout the park. The exciting squeals of children rang out over the crowds, and Disney mascots wandered around and posed for pictures. Suddenly, the magic of Disneyland was shattered as a frantic call ran out over the crowd. James, James, where are you? James, James. A mother was running around Main Street, calling out her son's name. Other mothers pulled their children closer to them as the woman ran around, her voice quickly growing with panic from, from panic to horrible desperation. Tears began to roll down her face. Park security showed up and looked around. An announcement was made over the intercom to look for James with a description of what he was wearing. The boy wasn't found, and nobody volunteered any information. It was only a few hours later that something else happened. Ronnie, Ronnie, where's Ronnie? The same horrible scenario all over again. A mother ran around shouting for her son and asking people if they had seen him. She ran around her, with her boy's father chasing after her, begging her to calm down and trying to reassure her by telling her that they would find him. Another announcement was made about Ronnie. Nobody came forward with any information. After two kids had gone missing on the same day, something had to be done. Security in the park was tightened placing security guards near almost every attraction in the park. Footage from surveillance cameras was reviewed, but nothing more than people buying sunglasses or Mickey Mouse walking around with few kids was seen. There was one security guard who reported that one kid had told him that he had seen Ronnie. The guard said he was standing outside one of the rides when a little boy walked up to him. The boy looked to be no more than six or seven years old. I know what happened to that boy, he told the guard. You do? The security guy didn't know what to think. The boy probably hadn't seen anything important, but it would probably be worth the listen. The boy nodded. I saw Ronnie. He was with Mickey Mouse, but Mickey was being mean to him. Mickey took Ronnie. Mickey, what? the guard said. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> okay, and I have to ask, is that noise like somebody in your house or am I hearing things? Oh shit, do you hear that? My dad's outside doing some okay. construction. No, that's fine because I was like, is this like something creepy going on? <laughs> Sorry, guys. I guess it's just going to add to the creepy effect. Yeah. <clears throat> My dad's out like weed whacking right now. No, I Thanks. heard it sounded like moving, like stuff moving around. Yeah, he's like oh, below okay. me. Yeah, because the, oh, oh, well, actually, the garage is below me, so he could be doing something in the garage. Okay. Yeah. I was like, what is that? <laughs> Shout out to Papa Omar. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> Mickey. The guard said he was confused. How could a child think that Mickey Mouse was taking the kids? The guard just assumed it was a pedophile or a kidnapper or something and knew the kids would be found. Where did Mickey Mouse come into this? But, okay, question. Uh-huh. He's just like, oh, it's just a pedophile. It it'll be fine. I know. That was so casual, right? Like, oh, I mean, I guess. Like, it was just a, nor like, it's just like a normal day in Disneyland. Pedophiles? 
that's another stuff another yeah. story for yeah <laughs> uh okay i'd rather mickey take my kid than a pedophile maybe yeah i, I mean <laughs> ideally right because if mickey's taking the kids he's probably just not going very far ideally okay. or <laughs> go on <clears throat> so ronnie says yes mickey or i'm sorry this kid says yes mickey ate ronnie he ate that other boy too what what the guard was speechless he was still trying to think of what to say when the boy's parents hurried over and pulled their child away scolding him to be careful around the park and thinking the thanking the security guard for finding their son and as fast as the boy had appeared he was gone the security guard knew he shouldn't have been too bothered about what the kid had said about Mickey, yet he couldn't seem to push the thought of it out of his mind. The security guard waited until his shift was over, but instead of leaving, he went to the security room where a bunch of monitors displayed video from the surveillance cameras. He asked the people working there to review footage and look for Mickey Mouse around the times James had gone missing. The tapes were rewound and scenes from earlier that day were replayed on the monitors. The guard's eyes darted from one screen to the next until he finally noticed something. Everybody in the room focused on the monitor, even though there wasn't much to see. Mickey and a small child were walking towards the maintenance room door, which seemed to be in Tomorrowland, near Space Mountain. The child seemed confused, maybe a little scared. The guard decided to check, out, check it out before he went home. He couldn't forget that one boy's solemn expression or what he had said about Mickey Mouse. Just in case something happened, he took his radio and keys. The guard walked over to Tomorrowland and found himself by Space Mountain. There was a rusty maintenance room door off the side of the attraction, nearly hidden behind a few trash cans. He pushed the trash cans to the side and tried to open the door, only to find it was locked. The guard pulled out his keys and tried to find one to open it. Finally, he managed to get the door open with the maintenance key. Inside turned out to be the maintenance room led to an old maintenance tunnel. The lights were off. The guard tried to tried the light switch near the door, but the room remained in darkness. The vague echo of a rat scampering across the room was heard, but the guard could not see it. He hadn't thought to bring his flashlight. It's funny that he says rat when we're, we're chasing Mickey Mouse too yeah. at the same time. So <laughs> funny thing to be scared of. Um, <clears throat> suddenly the guard gasped. His hands flew up to his nose. God, what was that horrible smell? It smelled like poisoned mushrooms or rotting meat infested with maggots. But oh. the smell, he tried not to breathe, but the smell was already in his nose. The guard tried not to let it sink onto his tongue as he stepped further into the room. Ew, have you ever been somewhere where you can taste what you can smell? I've never, have you? Um, probably. I can't think of like a specific, but I know that what that sensation they're talking about, so. Oof. So I guess we have. I, <laughs> I can't imagine it being like a putrid taste and smell, I guess. No, no, like sometimes it's not always bad. Yeah, it's got to have been something sweet or good that I've tasted before. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The only source of light was the door, which he had left wide open. He hoped the smell didn't get out so the guests could smell it. Oh, so this is when the park is still open? I, that's oh. what, how I took it. Oh, I thought he went after it closed. Okay. Um, the guard assumed the maintenance tunnel went under Space Mountain, but in front of him was a dark, inky blackness. He squinted and had hoped for his eyes to adjust to the dark. For now, he could make out vague silhouettes and shapes. He began to walk into the tunnel, visibly decreasing with every foot oh, visibility decreasing with every footstep. His footsteps echoed off the walls, seeming to pound into the concrete floor. The guard suddenly stopped walking, a few feet away from a brick wall. He assumed he had just come to a turn. He looked to the left and saw nothing. He looked to the right and saw a small flickering light. He decided to go towards the light, and he kept his hand on the wall so he wouldn't get lost. The smell seemed to be growing worse. After a short walk, he reached the light, which was actually coming from a small crack underneath a metal door. The door was rusty. Uh, I know, I can feel it like crescendoing now. I feel like my yeah. heart rate is, I wonder if my heart rate is increasing. <laughs> I can feel my kind of getting tense, like the buildup of a horror story right before the jump scare. You know, it's know. coming. Right? It's like I read this already, but it's like I can feel it and I'm, <laughs> I'm getting nervous too. <laughs> the door was rusted and bent and the guard knew it wouldn't take much to rip it from its hinges. The security guard found the doorknob and gently opened it. 
The door squeaked as it came open. The smell seemed to explode out of the room, eager to get out. The guard tried not to violently puke at the terrible aroma and looked inside the brightly lit room. Wow, that has got to be bad. Yeah. Ugh. Can you imagine being scared and like feeling like you're going to throw up at the same time? That's got to be like a terrifying sensation. Like, Yeah, <laughs> too much going on. His eyes needed a moment to adjust to the sudden light. And when they finally did, the guard gasped in horror. Children littered the room. Almost all the ones that had gone missing in the park over the years. He recognized James and, Ron James and Ronnie lying on the ground with the other ones. No, they weren't just lying on the ground. The guard realized the children were dead. I was, I was wondering. He oh. gasped again and took a step back. Some of the kids had arms or legs missing. Each one had their eyes removed, leaving bloody holes in their faces instead. Thick slices were over some of the body as though someone had claws had someone's with claws had gotten into them something in the room moved oh no <clears throat> oh no 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 oh yeah no 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 <laughs> oh i'm already like no <laughs> the guard tore his eyes away from the children on the floor and he saw the most unreal thing staring at him a giant mickey mouse stood at the room, observing the guard with wide eyes. Something was inside the Mickey Mouse costume, and everything came together in the guard's mind. It would be easy for Mickey Mouse to lure kids away and not draw any attention, but now that same Mickey Mouse was staring at him. They had a silent staring contest for a few quiet moments, but then the costume's arm came up to point at the guard. I just got chill bumps on my legs. Uh... I don't like this. <laughs> a, it gets worse. A thick screech came from inside the mouse's costume, and the mouse moved towards the guard. The security guard turned and ran for his life, as he should. Yes. <laughs> the heavy footsteps of the costume behind him altered him to the fact that Mickey Mouse was chasing him down the long, dark tunnel. The guard ran faster than he ever had before, just knowing that death was directly behind him close enough to stab him with a claw, close enough to wrap its arms around him and drag him back to that room. And then the guard was outside. He stopped running and blinked a few times to clear his vision. The sunlight felt warm and reassuring to him. But when he looked back at that maintenance room, he knew that the sunlight had stopped the thing in the costume. Maybe that's why it wore the costume, to protect itself from the sunlight. But it would not chase the guard anymore. He had gotten away. But wait, wasn't that room lit up? Yeah, so he's not afraid of light, right? I guess. Maybe just the sun? Well, he comes out and kid kid kidnaps children during the day. So this is kind of where it, this is where this becomes a creepy pasta because, like, yeah. you, you know, like you could believe it. I mean, to an extent, right? It's kind of like something crazy. But then it's like now your logic is starting to become flawed. Right. Sorry, I need to stop. I always do that. No, it's good. I mean, this is good. This like, is. Wait a minute. That doesn't make sense. Well, yeah, because you need <laughs> to justify these. Because I'm telling you, sometimes these creepy pastas. When I would read them, I would believe them up until like the last second when they're like, "Ah, just kidding. We fooled you." Yeah. And I'm like, "Wow, am I that <laughs> stupid?" <laughs> but also, side note, as he's running down the hallway, I just imagine someone in a mouse costume like running, and how difficult that must be. Those costumes are no joke. <laughs> You're right. So how slow is he running? <laughs> he probably got away. Yeah. I mean, I would get away, I think, even. And Unless I'm sure. it's supernatural. But... but see, that's what he's saying. The way he's talking about it is like he's making it seem like he's afraid of the sunlight. So that would make the only sense. Oh, wow, there's still a lot of this. Okay. So let's see where I'm Okay. The guard ran halfway across the park back to the security room. He told the other security guards that he had found something in the maintenance room, told them to follow him and take their guns, which were the only to be used in a dire emergency. When asked to explain, he said he had found the kids before he turned and began hurrying back to the maintenance tunnel. I feel like they're not going to find something when they get there. I feel like this is one of that, those yeah. stories. It's not going to be there anymore. This supernatural thing or this Mickey Mouse is shoved them all in his costume and ran away Ugh. yeah or like there's a portal and they closed it or something a large group of guards entered the tunnel and found the kids all scattered oh 
all scattered on the cold concrete floor. A blood-covered Mickey Mouse costume also lay on the ground in the room, next to all the kids, as though to say he'd always been there. The security guard was the only one to look back into the dark of the tunnel while the others were still looking at the kids. He was the only one to see the small pair of dark eyes in the tunnel blink once before vanishing into the no. darkness. No. No. Whatever it was, it wasn't a human. The guard turned back to the room and saw blood smeared all over the wall. The other guards were silent, all eyes fixated on the blood. It had been used out to spell out three simple words in a message on the wall. Still among you. No! Uh, The maintenance tunnel was destroyed, the door buried behind a concrete wall. Space Mountain was closed for a few days while it was searched, and the security guard quit. To this day, children still squeal in excitement and hurry over whenever they see Mickey Mouse. Photo albums are being filled with the pictures of the iconic mouse, and nobody ever knows for sure who's in that costume or what's under it. No. (laughs) Not okay. I mean, that just gives me a whole new level of fear with these these people, because I've always questioned like the people in the costume just in general mm-hmm. <laughs> that just like elicited a fear in me. I didn't know that I had really. Yeah. I guess it was like a deeper fear. Like I kind of had like a, res- like, like I said, I was kind of reserved with the ones where you can't really see who's in there, yeah. but now, now it's like become a full on fear. <laughs> uh, so even when you worked in the Utilidor, did you ever get to see the individuals who are friends with Mickey Mouse or Pluto or anybody like that? You know, I never saw the characters. I saw like princesses and princes. I never saw anybody who was friends with um, the character, the head characters. I, I only saw the ones that just had the the dresses and they were friends with like Princess Tiana or friends with Tinkerbell. Okay. So... Hmm. I mean, and I think that's, I think that would have caused some kind of trauma. Can you imagine? Because after reading that story, I would mash the Utilidor, which I've been in, in very sketchy times. And then to see, oh my God. What? (laughs) Oh, oh, I would have never gone back down there again if I had like just seen like one of the head characters at the end of like the hall or something, because it was already sketchy. Yeah. Dark. It didn't matter what time of day. Yeah, no. that could be terrifying and like having them just like straight up squared off with you. Can you imagine what if they just started like I'm I'm picturing them being there, turning and noticing me and just like charging at me. Yes. Or it, or like looking at you and then like walking into a room trying to lure you down the hall. Oh no. <laughs> we and can I'm just make this weird. Oh, <laughs> and I'm just standing there in my space commander costume like I'm not a real space commander. <laughs> Even worse, they square off with me in my Pinocchio. Oh my gosh, yes. I'm like, not today, guys. Really? Oh, that could get creepy. Okay, I guess it's a good thing you never saw those people. Oh, yeah, no, I think that would have terrified me. And I think it would have terrified a lot of people. I think they knew that would have probably scared us. Yeah. Maybe it did happen and it scared people already and that they had to, like, put them in a different section because that's sketchy. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> I wonder what it was like to be their attendant. Oh, good point. Yeah, because they always had to have one person with them. Yeah, that's why I think like, because the attendants always seem normal. So I have to assume their buddy is normal. <laughs> Probably, yeah. I just, honestly, we were talking about the characters having the best life. Character attendants had the best life. You literally don't have to do anything except for just tell everyone to please leave mickey alone like yeah so i have one it's called mowgli's palace which supposedly is another abandoned park and if you guys have not heard last week's episode we did conspiracy theories and we talked about a couple confirmed abandoned parks river country and what's the other one discovery island okay so we have mowgli's palace some of you may have heard that the Disney Corporation is responsible for at least one real live ghost town. Disney built the Treasure Island Resort in Baker's Bay in the Bahamas. It didn't start as a ghost town. Disney's cruise ships would actually stop at the resort and leave tourists there to relax in luxury. 
This is a fact. Look it up. Disney blew $30 million on the place. Yes, $30 million. Then they abandoned it. Disney Insane. Blew, right? But, I would love to have $30 million to just blow and be like, cool, don't need it. And at the Bahamas, like now they have property there. <laughs> so Disney blamed the shallow waters, too shallow for their ships to safely operate. And then there was even blame on the workers say that since they were from the Bahamas, they were too lazy to work a regular schedule. That's where factual nature of their story ends. It wasn't because of the sand, and it obviously wasn't because foreigners are lazy. Both are convenient excuses. For that's Disney, so, of course. Yeah, because that's so interesting, because, like, I know the islanders, I don't know about in the Caribbean, but no islanders kind of are... We're laid back, but I wouldn't call them lazy. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I've been to like the Virgin Islands and stuff, and they definitely, if you go to any island, it's, it's, in, they call it island life or island time. I mean, they're not lazy. They work really hard so that they have that ability to be able to relax too. They have a very balanced life. And I think it's something we lack. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. So laziness or, you know, just balanced life. I guess it just depends on how you look at it. Yeah. Okay, back into the story. <laughs> so he says, no, I sincerely doubt those reasons were legitimate. Why don't I buy the official story? Because of Mowgli's palace. Near the beachside city of Emerald Isle in North Carolina, Disney began construction of Mowgli's palace in the late 1990s. The concept was a jungle-themed resort with a large, you guessed it, palace in the center of the whole thing. If you're unfamiliar with the character of Mowgli, then you might better remember the story, The Jungle Book. If you haven't seen it anywhere else, you'd know it as the Disney cartoon from decades past. Mowgli is an abandoned child in the jungle, essentially raised by animals and simultaneously threatened and pursued by other animals. Mowgli's Palace was a controversial undertaking from the start. Disney bought up a ton of high-priced land for the project, and there was actually a scandal surrounding some of the purchases. The local government claimed eminent domain on people's homes, then turned around and sold the properties to Disney. At one point, a home that had just been constructed was immediately condemned with little to no explanation. The land grabbed by the government was supposedly for some fictional highway project. Knowing full well what was going on, people started calling it Mickey Mouse Highway. So they so they put people out of their homes and then completely abandoned this project. That's insane. Yeah. I want to look into that and see if that's real. Yeah. <laughs> then there was the concept art. A group of stuffed shirts from Disney Company actually held a city meeting. They intended to sell everyone on how lucrative this project was going to be for everyone. When they showed the concept art, this gigantic Indian palace surrounded by a jungle, staffed with men and women in loincloths and tribal gear, well, suffice to say, everyone flipped their shit. <laughs> We're talking about large Indian palace, jungle, and loincloths, not only in the center of a relatively wealth area, but also a somewhat xenophobic area of the southern USA. It was a questionable mix at that point in history. One member of the crowd tried to storm the stage, but he was quickly subdued by security after he managed to break one of the presentation boards over his knee. Disney took that community and essentially broke it over its knee as well. The houses were raised, the land was cleared, and there wasn't a damn thing anyone could do or say about it. Local TV and newspapers were against the resort at the beginning, but some insane connection between Disney media holdings and the local venues came into play and their opinions turned on a dime. So anyway, Treasure Island, the Bahamas, Disney sunk those millions in and then split. The same thing happened with Mowgli's Palace. Construction was complete. Visitors actually stayed at the resort. The surrounding communities were flooded with traffic and the usual annoyances associated with an influx of lost and irate tourists. Then it all just stopped. Disney shut it down, and nobody knew what the hell to think, but they were pretty happy about it. Disney's loss was pretty hilarious and wonderful to a group of folks who didn't want this in the first place. 
So I honestly didn't give the place another thought since hearing it closed over a decade ago. I live maybe four hours from Emerald Isle, so I really only heard the rumblings and didn't experience any of it firsthand. Then I read this article from someone who had explored Treasure Island Resort and posted the whole blog about all this crazy stuff he found there. Stuff. Just left behind. Things smashed, defaced, probably ruined by the disgruntled former employees who had lost their jobs. Hell, the local from... The locals from all around probably had a hand in wrecking that place. People felt just as angry about Treasure Island as folks here did about Mowgli's Palace. Plus, there were rumors that Disney had released their aquarium stock into the waters when they closed, including sharks. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's good. Let's just mess with the ecosystem on top of it. <laughs> Oh, last night I saw this video of this shark and it was showing the anatomy of their jaw. And so, you know, they have multiple sets of teeth. Like it showed like the full <gasps> thing open. I've always liked sharks, but then I was like, okay, they're, they're kind of scary again. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. I have no idea. I have no is idea. It, is it shark week or are we on shark week time or is that like July? No, was, this was like a TikTok type oh, video. just kidding. And someone was just showing I think they were at an aquarium and it showed like the shark like fully open its jaw and then close it back and it looks all sweet again. And I'm like, how did that happen? <laughs> you went from terrifying monster to cute little shark again. No, thank you. Yeah, I am. <laughs> and again, this is another reason why I couldn't live with King Triton. I'm not trying to live among all these terrifying <laughs> sea creatures. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. I went down uh a rabbit hole once about mermaids and sirens it's wild oh Look into it. it's wild we should do an episode on that that could be really fun especially since little mermaid just came out maybe we could do an episode Ooh, on that coming up yes we'll do like a fun. little creepy let us know if you guys like these creepy episodes because we can go all into them <laughs> oh we love them so let us know and we'll keep them coming all right back to the story <laughs> who wouldn't want to take a few swings at some merchandise after that well, what I'm getting at is that this blog about Treasure Island got me thinking. Even though many years had passed since its closing, I figured it might be cool to do some urban exploration at Mowgli's Palace. Take some photos, write about my experience, and probably see if there was anything I could do to take home as a memento. I'm not going to say I wasted no time in getting there because honestly, it took me another year after I found that Treasure Island article to get up and go to Emerald Isle. Over the course of the year, I did a lot of research on the Palace Resort, or rather, I tried to. Naturally, no official Disney site or resource made any mention of that place. They had been scrubbed clean. Shocking. Oh, yeah. Do they talk, right? about, their, do they talk about their other abandoned ones at all? I don't think so. Okay, so then this is on par. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even odder, however, was that Nobody before myself had apparently thought to blog about the place or even post a photo. None of the local TV or newspaper sites had one word about the place, though that was to be expected since they had all swung Disney's way. They wouldn't be out there lauding their embarrassment, you know? Recently, I learned that corporations can actually ask Google, for example, to remove links from the search results, basically for no good reason. Looking back, it's probably not that nobody spoke of the resort, but rather their words were made inaccessible. Shocker! Ooh. You know, it's funny because I know that celebrities can, like, get pictures that they don't like of themselves scrubbed from Google, so why can't why can't Disney get an article scrubbed? Yeah, exactly. And I'm sure there's probably stuff about the other parks, like Discovery Island and River Country that have just been ripped away. Easily. In the end, I could barely find the place. All I had to go on was an old as hell map I'd received in the mail back in the 90s. It was a promotional item sent out to the people who had recently been to Disney World, and I guess since I had been there in the late 80s, that was recent. I didn't really intend to hang on to it. I just got it just got shoved in with my books and comics from my childhood. I had only remembered it months into my research, and even then it took me a few weeks to locate it in the storage bin my parents had shoved it all into. But I did find it. Locals were no help, as most were transplants who had moved to the beach in recent years. 
or old residents who just sneered at me and made rude gestures the second I managed to say, where would I find Mowgli's? The drive took me through an inordately long corridor of overgrowth. Tropical plants had run rampant and overpopulated the area mixed with the native species of flora that actually belonged there and had tried to reclaim the land. <clears throat> I was in awe when I reached the front gates of the resort, tremendous monolithic wooden gates whose support to either side look like they must have been cut from giant sequoias. The gate itself had been gouged in several places by woodpeckers and eaten away at the base by burrowing insects. Hanging onto the gate was a sheet of metal, some random scrap with hand-painted letters scrawled back. Abandoned by Disney. Clearly the handiwork of some past local or an employee who wanted to make some small protests. The gates were open enough to walk through, but not dry, so I grabbed my digital camera and the map, whose flip side showed a layout of the resort, and I set off on foot. The inner grounds of the place were just as overgrown as the entryway. Palm trees stood untended and ragged among piles of their own coconuts. Banana plants similarly stood in their own stinking bug-riddled refuse. There was this sort of clash between order and chaos as carefully planted rows of perennial flowers mixed with obnoxious tall weeds of stinking blackened mushrooms. All that remained of any outdoor structures were broken, rotting wood and various charred bits of unidentified, unidentifiable material. What was most likely an information booth or an outdoor bar was now simply a pile of assorted debris chopped up past vandalism and ravaged by weather. The most interesting thing on the grounds was the statue of Baloo, the friendly bear from the Jungle Book, which stood in the courtyard of the front of the main building. He was frozen in a jovial wave towards no one, staring into an empty space with a silly, toothy grin as bird crap covered whole swaths of his fur and vines ensnared his platform. That'd be creepy with yeah. him just kind of smiling in the middle, waving. I would find that very ominous and sketchy. Uh, and it's yeah. the only thing that they chose to not knock down just to like kind of almost make a point creepy yeah and it's like covered in vines and stuff like mm. i approached the main building the palace only to find the outside of the building covered in graffiti where the original paint had peeled had not peeled and chipped away the front doors were just open they had been taken off their hinges and were stolen Above the front doors, or the gaping maw where they had been, someone had once again painted, abandoned by Disney. I wish I could tell you all about the awesome stuff I saw inside the palace. Forgotten statues, abandoned cash registers, a full-fledged secret society of homeless buns, but no. The inside of the building was so stark, so bare, that I actually think people had stolen the moldings off the wall. Anything that was too big to steal, counters, desks, giant fake trees, they were all resting amid this empty echo chamber that amplified me every step like a slow rat. A tat, uh, oh, no, not a slow rat. <laughs> <laughs> slow rat a tat of a machine gun. It was, uh. it was hyphenated. <laughs> well, because it's like rat -a -ta -ta. Yeah. <laughs> but so that's it funny. Was, it was like, oh, we got the rat again. <laughs> Okay, I checked the floor plan, floor plan and headed to all the locations that might seem in a way interesting. The kitchen was, as you would imagine, an industrial food prep area with all appliances and space, no expenses spared. Every glass surface was broken, every door knocked off its hinges, every metal surface kicked and dented. The entire place smelled like very old piss. That's disgusting. Ew. What's with these stories and their smells? I know. Why do I have to visualize that? Like, or I mean, try to like, no, just keep the smells out. The huge freezer, not even remotely cool now, had row upon row of empty shelf space. Hooks hung from the ceiling, probably for hanging cuts of meat. And as I stood inside for a moment, I noticed they were swinging. Each hook swung in a random direction. But their movements were so slow and small that it was almost impossible to see. I figured it had been because of my footsteps, so I stopped one from swinging by clutching it in my fist, then carefully letting go. 
but within seconds, it started to swing once more. The bathrooms were in much the same state as the rest of the place. Just like Treasure Island Resort, someone had methodically smashed each porcelain commode with the coconuts and other implements. There was about half inch of rancid, stinking, stagnant water on the floor. So I didn't stay there very long. What's odd is... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, who would? (laughs) (laughs) What's odd is the toilets and the sinks and the bidets in the ladies' room. Yes, I went there. All dripped, leaked, or just ran freely. It seemed to me that they should have shut the water off long, long ago. So there's where we lose our logic because we don't have the days in america yeah that's a wait yeah wait is this in the bahamas yeah so where would no this is in north carolina oh this is in north carolina oh my god no what okay the only ladies have the days that's a good point too yeah anywho (laughs) there were plenty of rooms in the resort but naturally i didn't have time to look at them all The few I did peer into were similarly wrecked and didn't expect to find anything there. I thought there was actually a television or radio in one room, as I really think I heard a quiet conversation coming out. That's creepy. Uh Though it was like a whisper, probably my own breathing echoing in the silence, or just another case of sound of flowing water playing tricks on the mind, this is what it sounded like. And then there's like a list of things. Um, the first one says, I didn't believe it. And then there's a short unknown reply. And then the first voice says, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And then the second one says, your father told you. And then the first voice has an unknown reply or just weeping possibly. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody was living in the abandoned ruins. Like, right. It just doesn't surprise me. I like a homeless population, some, you know, teenagers, something. Yeah, definitely. I know, I know that sounds ridiculous. I'm just telling you what I experienced, what I might, what I thought there might have been something running in that room or worse, some vagrants who had holed up there and probably would have faced me. At the front doors of the palace again, I figured I hadn't found anything of note and just wasted the trip up. As I looked out the door, I noticed something interesting in the courtyard that I had apparently missed. Something that would have given me at least one thing to show for all of my trouble, even if it was just a photograph. There, as a lifelike statue of a python, maybe 80 feet long, coiled up and sunning itself on a pedestal, right in the center of the area. It's almost time for the sun to start settling. Setting. So... The light fell onto the object in the perfect way to photograph. I approached the python and snapped the photo. So is this Ka? Yeah, probably. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm just say it's Ka. Um, then I stood on my toes and snapped another. I moved closer again to get the detail of its face. Slowly, casually, the python... Oh, no, this is a real python. Slowly, oh, yeah. Casually, the python lifted its head, looked directly into my eyes, turned, and slithered off the pedestal across the grass and into the trees. I thought it was like, no, like a, it like does a, a lifelike statue. So it was a statue. So he's hallucinating. It, I guess hopefully we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> All 80 feet of it, its head long, disappeared into the woods before its tail even left the sunning spot. Disney had released all of their exotic animals onto the grounds. Right there on my floor plan map was the reptile house. I should have known. I'd read about the sharks at Treasure Isle, and I should have known they'd done this. I was dumbfounded, just utterly stupefied. My mouth must have been hanging open for the longest time before I came back down to earth and snapped it shut. I blinked a few times and backed away from where the snake had been, back towards the palace. Even though it was totally gone, I still was taking any chances and backed my way into the building. Say, I took a few deep breaths and slapped my own face to get myself right and in the head again after that. I looked for a place to sit down as my legs were feeling a bit like jelly at this point. 
Of course, there was no place to sit down unless I wanted to recline in the broken glass and dead leaf carpet or haul myself up to a desk of questionably reliability. I had seen some stairs near the palace lobby and decided to go have a seat there until I felt better. The staircase was far enough away from the front of the building to be relatively clean, save for a startling accumulation of dust. I pulled a wedge of metal off the wall once again painted with the abandoned my Disney motto I'd come accustomed to. I placed the wedge on the stairs and sat on it to keep at least somewhat clean. The stairway led downward below ground level. Using my camera flash as a sort of improvised flashlight, I could see that the staircase ended in a metal mesh door with a padlock. A sign on the door, a real sign read, mascots only. Thank you. This part of my... Yeah, oh, so no. why does it always have to be the mascots? <laughs> <laughs> this perked up my spirits a little bit for two reasons. One, a mascots-only area would definitely have some interesting stuff back in the day. Two, the padlock was still in place. Nobody had gone down there. Not the vandals, not the looters, nobody. This was the one place I could actually explore and perhaps find something interesting to photograph or wantonly still. I had come to the palace essentially agreeing with myself that it was okay to take anything I wanted because, hey, abandoned. It didn't take much to bust the lock. Well, actually, that's wrong. It didn't take much to bust the metal plate on the wall that the padlock was hooked to. Hyman Decay had done most of the work for me, and I was able to bend the metal plate enough to pull the screws out of the wall, something nobody else had apparently thought of or hadn't been able to do at the time. The mascots only area was a startling and very welcome change from the rest of the building I had seen. For one, every second or third fluorescent light overhead was illuminated, even though they flickered and faded randomly. Also, nothing had been stolen or broken, even if age and exposure were definitely taking their toll. Tables had notepads and pens, there were clocks, even a punching clock on the wall complete with filled out time cards. Hairs were scattered around and there was even a small break room with an old static filled television and long rotted out food and drink on the counters. So static filled, I assume the television was on? Yeah, so I guess, well, because there's electricity running through there. So yeah. How creepy. Oh. Already not great. Already not great <laughs> vibes. It was like one of those post-apocalypse movies where everything left in state of evacuation. Yeah. As I walked the maze-like sub-basement hallways of the mascots only area, the sights just became more and more interesting. As I went further, desks and tables were knocked over, papers scattered and almost melded with the damp floor, and a large carpet of mold was slowly overtaking the real rotting crimson floor covering. Everything was sort of just squishy. Anything wood or disintegrated into mush when I applied even the least amount of force and clothing items hanging on hooks in one of the rooms simply fell to the moist threads if I tried to unhook them. One thing that annoyed me was that the light was becoming more sparse and unreliable as I went further into the dank, suffocating depths of the place. Eventually, I reached a black and yellow striped door with the words character prep one stencil on it. The door wouldn't open at first. I figured this was probably where the costumes were kept, and I definitely wanted to photograph that twisted, stinking mess. Try as I might, whatever angle or trick of the tried, the door wouldn't budge. That is until I gave up and started to walk away. That's when there was a slight popping sound and the door creaked open slowly. Uh, There's your no. sign, bro. Keep walking. Run. Run. <laughs> yeah, run. Don't walk. <laughs> Inside the room was a completely dark. It was completely dark pitch black. I used the camera flash to look for a light switch in the wall by the door. There was nothing. As I made my search, I was jarred out of my sense of excitement by a loud electrical buzz. Rows of light overhead suddenly flashed to life, flickering and fading in and out like the rest I had passed. Do you ever like walk by those motion detector ones and it just is really creepy? Yeah. I hate that. It, it took a second for my eyes to adjust, and it seemed like the light was going to just keep getting brighter until all the bulbs exploded. 
But just when I thought it would reach that critical stage, the lights dimmed a bit and steadied. The room was exactly as I pictured it. Various Disney costumes hung on the walls, fully put together like strange cartoon cadavers hung from invisible nooses. Whoa. Uh, oh. That's a weird, yeah, that's a, oh God. <laughs> I just got chills from that. There was an entire rack of loincloths and native clothes on hangers towards the back. What I found odd and what I wanted to photograph right away was a Mickey Mouse costume at the center of the room. Why is it always Mickey? Oh, what is it with, I mean, like the, anything to, to villainize our poor Mickey. I know. <laughs> Unlike the other costumes, it was lying on its back in the center of the floor like a murder victim. The fur <laughs> on the costume was rotten, rotten and shedding, creating bare patches. What was even odder, however, was the coloring of the costume. It was like a photo negative of the actual Mickey Mouse. Black where he should be white, white where he should be black, and his normally red overalls were light blue. The oh, that's sketchy. Sorry, I didn't yeah. mean to cut you off. No, that's that's weird. It is weird. I, yeah, I don't know what to think of that. <laughs> the sight was off-putting enough that I actually put off photographing the thing until last <laughs> That's weird, too, because he's a photographer. He's taking photos, and it's a photo negative. Yeah, so, yeah, that's, I think that's the part that, that creeps me out, is the fact that he's, like, backwards in colors, I think, like. Yeah. Ugh. I took a picture of the costumes hanging on the walls. Upward angles, downward angles, side shots to show an entire row of frozen pu putrid cartoon faces, some with plastic eyes missing. Then I decided to stage a shot, just one of the bedraggled characters' heads on the slick, grimy floor. I reached for the headpiece of a Donald Duck costume and carefully removed it so the thing wouldn't fall apart in my hands. As I looked into the face of the wide-eyed, moldering head, a loud clattering sound made me jump a fright. I looked down at my feet, and there between my shoes was a human skull. Oh, uh, no. It had fallen out of the mascot head and was shattered into pieces at my feet. Only the empty face and lower jaw remained, staring up at me. <gasps> I dropped the duck head immediately, as you'd expect, and moved for the door. As I stood in the doorway, I looked back to the skull on the floor. I had to take a picture of it, you know? I had to, for any number of reasons that may seem silly, but only if you don't think about it, though. I'd need proof of what happened, especially if Disney was going to somehow make this go away. I had no doubt in my mind right from the start that even if it was just gross negligence, Disney was responsible for this. That's when Mickey, the photo negative opposite Mickey in the middle of the floor, started to get up. No! First sitting up, then climbing to its feet, the Mickey Mouse costume, or whoever was inside of it, stood there at the center of the room, its fake face just starting directly at me as I mumbled no over and over. With shaking hands and a violently thrashing heart and legs that had once again turned to jelly, I managed to lift the camera and aim it at the opposite creature, now quietly sizing me up. The digital camera's screen displayed only dead pixels in the shape of the thing. It was a perfect silhouette of the Mickey costume. As the camera moved in my unsteady hands, the dead pixels spread, marring the screen wherever Mickey's outline moved to. Then the camera died, went blank <gasps> and quiet and broken. I raised my eyes once again to the Mickey Mouse costume. Hey, it said in a hushed, perverted, <gasps> but perfectly executed Mickey Mouse voice. Want to see my head come off? It started to pull out its own head, working its clumsy, globe-clad fingers around its neck with clawing and patient movements similar to a wounded man trying to pull himself free of a predator's jaws. As it worked its digits into its neck, so much blood, so much thick, chunky yellow blood because remember it's the negative i turned away as i heard a sickening tearing of cloth and flesh 
only cared about getting away. Above the door, out of this room, I saw the final a message clawed into the metal with the bone of fingernails. Sorry, this makes you laugh. <laughs> Abandoned by God. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny to me. It's just, oh God. I mean... <laughs> Like we've gone from abandoned by Disney to abandoned by God. Jesus. That okay. I mean, <laughs> obviously negative Mickey is not real, but my God, will I be terrified by that? Right. Forever. Okay, so here's the end. <laughs> I never got the pictures out of the camera. I never wrote the blog entry about it. After I ran from the from the palace, fled for my sanity, if not my very life. I knew why Disney didn't want anyone to know about this place. They didn't want anyone like me getting in. They didn't want anything like that getting out. Honestly, that was the perfect, like, next part after the costume. Like, I like I started it, and then you, like, kind of came in with the second story You're and, right. like, finished it up. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, completely, like, random, too, guys. We didn't even tell each other our stories until now. Like, we're hearing them now. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, gosh. Oh, you win. Okay, your costume one wins because that was, oh my God. Hey, want to see me take my head off? Yeah, that one was good. <laughs> Sorry, guys. This might be a long episode. Yeah, Thanks. we might split this into two parts, maybe two stories, one episode, two oh, stories, yeah. another. Yeah. Because that costume one was good. We could keep that and then we could have the next episode. Yeah, we'll do that. Maybe we can do like a bonus, like two episodes in one week. Oh, that you could be do fun. That? Yeah, okay. we could do like a Tuesday and a Thursday. All right, let's do Thursday. Okay. So Thursday, you guys, tune in. We'll have a bonus episode for you guys with more creepy pastas. And we are going to have a bonus live. Uh, we're going to be watching a creepy movie. Um, it's called Escape from Tomorrow. So we're going to be doing that on YouTube live. Um, so... We will have more information out on that, but you get a lot of us this week. Yay. And we're excited. I'm so excited. I hope Me you guys too. are liking these because we're having a lot of fun doing the research on it too. I mean, we love our normal Disney news and all that, but this is really fun too. Yeah. So thanks for bearing with us while we go through our little creepy face. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today. Tune in on Thursday and get connected with us on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, wherever, um, Facebook, we're Two Finger Point Podcast on all platforms. And we'll be announcing more details on our lives and you'll get more information that way. We'll see you on Thursday, but until then, have a magical day. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. You can connect with us on Instagram and TikTok by following Two Finger Point Podcast. That's the number two spelled out, T-W-O, Finger Point Podcast. If you'd like to hear your story, have a question, or even be a guest on the podcast, visit twofingerpointpodcast.com and click on our contact page. We'll see you next week for Two Finger Point Tuesday. But until then, have a magical day.